Get ready to rumble. Shilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Alan Stevo, a liberty activist, the best-selling author of Face Masks in One Lesson, Face Masks Hurt Kids, The Bitcoin Manifesto, and several other books. He's a frequent contributor at lourockwell.com, has written for The Hill, Daily Caller, Mises.org, City Journal, The New York Post, and many others. Today's topic is living free, even in California. Boy, that's a tall order. Alan Stevo, great to have you on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. It is so good to be with you. It's been a while. Thank you so much. It's been too long. So I want to talk, just kind of get an overview because I'm a native Californian, although I haven't lived there for 25 years, but a lot of my audience is curious about how things are from the bird's eye level in California. As we look at the politics, at least from the national level, things look pretty rough. Are they as rough as they look? You know, I think there's a lot of, a lot of losses and a lot of victories happening. There's things, uh, you know, I, I walk, I'm in downtown San Francisco. I walk down the street and the, the impact of the, the Corona communism is with us so heavily where many productive businesses have left and the just ways the government incentivizes homelessness and drug abuse and things like this. And just really, really awful things in society. The, the, the ways they're incentivized, it's just like grown over the, the past several years um, to the point where, you know, even the, the recorded, official uh, COVID death count was nothing compared to the fentanyl death count or the other various overdoses. I'm not going to pretend that everything is rosy, but the successes I'm seeing, the, the victories I'm seeing, it is so exciting and it's nothing you would ever hear about on the news. Well, this is what I want to get to, and, and I do want to hear about the successes and the victories because that's the great point of our conversation is that things, good things are happening in California. However, I just want to confirm just the, the way that San Francisco particularly, it's interesting that you're there, is being portrayed. There's drugs on the streets. People are openly defecating. Uh, businesses are leaving in droves because of the uh, progressive prosecutor and so forth, and a lot of stores are just closing down. So is that really the the general overview aside from the good things that are happening if if we went there today is that what we would see you would and the the progressive prosecutor Chesa Boudin specifically was replaced in a recall election which is kind of a neat thing because the democrats will periodically blame radical republicans for doing such a thing but that wasn't the case it was the the unions were against this guy the the, the democrat establishment was against this guy he they wanted to blame him for all the ill that had taken place similarly the the school board would not deal with they spent their meetings talking about what the schools should be named and they wouldn't deal with the most basic aspect of education Again, the Democrats, and they, they love to blame, they say this was a win for the radical Republicans who did it. It was 
Democrats, Democrats attacked Democrats. They, they said, this is too far. It's gone too far. It's not going to happen anymore. Even within the Democrat Party, there's a pushback saying, we're not doing this anymore in San Francisco. So this is one of the good things that's happening, and I think it's instructive to us. We here in the Central Virginia area in Albemarle County have a George Soros-backed prosecutor who's been a disaster. But uh, how has the successor worked out? Uh, I know it hasn't been too long since the recall, but are things getting better? When I see a police officer, I'll, I'll pray for a police officer. Yes. There's a lot of things the police do I don't care for, and that's impacted my life somewhat. And it's been good for me to pray for police officers when I see them. Yeah. And so I'm not I'm not coming from a uh, bootlicking perspective when mm-hmm. I when I say I pray for police officers. I think the that something as simple as the morale of police officers. I think they just have a little bit more point to their existence now in a way that they did not. Um, and I think things are heading in a good direction. Probably the aspect that I am most excited about with the lockdowns, with the the Corona communism, this segment of the population that did not care much about politics or who had given up kind of became activated. You know, these are homeschool moms, moms, dads whose teenage kids are, are having gender confusion, grandparents who just know California used to be a different kind of place. The, quite, quite an interesting segment of people from all across the political spectrum have kind of gotten together and said, this isn't going to happen anymore. And generally, you could call them conservative at this point. You could say that they're libertarian, perhaps also. You could say that they're overwhelmingly religious or devout. This group of people has really become effective, continued beyond the end of the lockdowns, and it's becoming obvious the establishment that this group of people, these health freedom warriors, are not going away. They're starting at the beginning. It was futile. So so little was happening. But slowly but surely, they've started to just kind of stand their ground and understand how the levers of power work. And they've started to, to push things in a good direction. And there's a husband and wife in Silicon Valley. And three years ago, they would never have done anything like this. They're just kind of making it their hobby at this point, going meeting to meeting, identifying where crazy policies from the Corona communist period still exist, and they're getting them thrown out. And it's just the neatest thing watching it happen. Alan Stevo, so this is very interesting to me as I just kept hearing that people were fleeing California, the liberty-minded people were moving out like I did 25 years ago. But I'm glad to hear that there's a new movement coming up in the state, and this is very heartening to understand that things aren't totally lost in California. I think what would be interesting to know is, how did this happen? I mean, we know this was a response to corona communism, as you reference, but how did people actually finally get fed up enough that they're going to stand up? And I know there's risks involved in that. I think it went beyond one person standing up, mm-hmm. and it went it went to people feeling like they, they didn't want to be alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was an important point because it got people. And I don't, I don't pretend that you need 51% to change something and you don't need 30%. You don't need 3% even as far as I'm concerned. You just, you just need this really, like I said, this husband and wife, this husband and wife, they're going around doing neat things, you know, in your own life. You're responsible for making sure things are the way they should be. And I don't need to worry about, of course, George Soros and Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and and Joe Biden, they affect policy. But 
in my own life, they generally have very little impact. And if I spend a bunch of time worrying about them, I'm going to lose focus on the things that matter. So I think something that's been important is a lot of people wanting a better life for themselves and their family, getting together with others like that, realizing they're not alone. And I'd recommend any of your listeners, if you're ever feeling alone, if you think that, and at this point, my guess is you are not, if through any nonsense that's going on in the world, if you're feeling alone, that you're out there looking for people who are like you and you're making it a point to meet with them periodically, every week, every two weeks, once a month, just for whatever reason. And this is how many people in California, they got together for whatever reason. And the groups that I am affiliated with that, that I help to organize sometimes or that I go to, to consult with periodically or just kind of bounce ideas around with, it just started with, let's get together for a maskless hike. Let's get together just to be out in the open together. Let's get together to have a potluck with each other. And it starts like that. It can just be fellowship at the beginning. But if you get a few good people together every so often, it's going to go beyond fellowship. They're going to be talking about politics. They're going to be talking about what happened the last time they went to the grocery store. And before you know it, they're going to be backing each other up and it's going to turn into a lot more. And that's what I saw over and over again, that I remember my, uh, my high school chemistry teacher, he said, if you take this much uranium in a pile over here and you take this much uranium in a pile over here, maybe it's plutonium, I don't know, but let's so, uh, some kind of, some kind of uh, radioactive substance and you leave them in their own piles by each other, they're fine. But if you move those two piles too close to each other, you're going to get a chain reaction that you won't be able to stop. And I think that's the same with liberty-minded folks. You just kind of get a few of them together and you're going to end up with a chain reaction that no one's going to be able to stop. I'm so glad that you brought this up, Alan, because over the years, probably the most common question I've faced from my radio listening audience is, I want to get involved. I want to meet these people. I want to find like-minded individuals and people are islands and they're feeling really bad about it. They want to change it. So how do we get from the point of people that we know are out there who are feeling like this to finding a way to bring them together? I think this is such an important issue you're bringing up. I'm so happy you went here because I think it's easy. It's really easy to say it's somebody else's job. And it's easy to overlook this little detail you've just brought up because it's so go hang out with a few other people. That seems like such a frivolous thing. Okay. It seems so easy to overlook. We live in this period where you're not a member of the congregation. You're a member of the audience, even in church. And I don't mean to criticize praise bands or anything like that, but there's some, even, even in church, it's kind of, it's kind of pushed, pushed on you. Like you're just an audience member. Just be happy there. You're, you're, you're part of society. You're to be the receiver of the media, not part of the media. This is changing a lot, right? There's all kinds of different situations where people are saying more and more, no, I'm, I'm a part, I'm a part of it. I'm not just an audience member with civics, with interaction with government, with your role in the world. I think it's really important for you to be able to say, I am a part of this to simply saying, I'm going to take responsibility for looking for people like me in the world around me. I'm going to take responsibility for making sure that there is a group of people like me around me. In some regards, you're putting together the choir to preach to, you're putting together the choir that's going to preach to you, and you're going to, whatever it's like, the, the, whatever kind of group of people you identify with, you're just kind of 
keep an eye out for them. And you're not ever letting a good person get, a, get out of your sight without you exchanging phone numbers. This is weird to ask a stranger for their phone number, but if you say something like, hey, how do I keep in touch with you? And you pull out your phone, that's, that's, it'll do the job. It's, hey, what's your phone number? That sounds kind of weird maybe. How do I keep in touch with you? And it's a different time than it was five years ago. It's, it's not 1992 anymore. It's not 1986 anymore where we have these phones we occasionally meet interesting people, good people who we know we resonate with. I want to say it's your job right now to make sure that you're keeping in touch with them. Then it's your job, second of all, two weeks later, one week later, hey, I'm going to go hang out at a park. I'm going to go have fill in the blank. I'm going to go have a cup of tea with, with a few friends who are like-minded. Will you come with me? Um, I'm going to have people over for a barbecue. I'm going to, I'm going to go for a hike. I'm going to go make cucumber sandwiches. My neighbor's doing a thing. Would you want to come over? And if they say no once, doesn't matter. If they say no 10 times, it doesn't matter. You continue to reach out to them. Hey, you want to go do something? And it just becomes your job, I believe right now, where the world wants us to not have community with each other. And this, this key to Corona communism was how do I split people apart? How do I separate families? How do I drive wedges in between people who used to really love each other? And now it's your job to respond to that by saying, how do I build more community around me? And if you don't have it already, you're the one who's going to do it. That's very important advice. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Our guest, Alan Stevo, we continue in just a moment. Schilling Show Unleashed. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets, and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at Borderhawknews on Twitter. Shilling Show Unleashed. Alan Stevo's our guest. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast continues. We're talking about living free even in California. I've been very concerned also about the education system. We're a homeschool family, so we're not subject to it here. But when I hear the things going on in California, I'm super concerned. And so outside of the homeschool community, how do we capture, I'll say, younger youth liberty activists uh, because they're, they're subject to this intense indoctrination in the government schools? Something I've noticed is that the, uh, the people who have impressed me most tend to have like a, uh, a, church, a church foundation of some sort. I think there's something to be said there. I don't need to preach Christianity right now. I don't need to preach a specific kind of anything, but I've just been surprised over and over again, and maybe I shouldn't be surprised anymore, how often there's some kind of church connection with helping somebody pull away from the nonsense. And I don't know exactly what that is. I've just seen it too many times to ignore at this point. 
almost an antidote to the nonsense, trying to get someone in church a little more often or being being able to speak about that stuff. And and a lady, a lady I know, wonderful lady, very passionate activist. She said to me, I came I came to Trump in, in 2020. I came to Jesus in 2021. Um, just something there. How do you get to the young people? Having conversations with people, no matter what the age is, one-on-one conversations about what's on their mind, what's important to them, and then speaking honestly to them, as honestly as you can, without having any kind of bias in your head where you're saying, well, young people don't want to hear what I know about, I don't know, fill in the blank. Young people don't want to hear what I know about the FBI from the 1960s. Young people don't want to know the truth I know about how Jesus has changed my life. Young people, they're more likely to vote Democrat, so they're not going to hear that, that I like a Republican candidate. So I'm just going to leave that alone. The most likely thing they're good at is to have such a strong lie detector because they've spent so much time around the uh, interwebs and they have a little bit better sophistication for some type of, uh, for people avoiding things. I think you just got to be as truthful as possible every opportunity you get to speak to somebody. I think young people especially respond to that right now. And they might not say to you that moment, hey, I really appreciate you. It can be hard when somebody, when somebody rocks your world with some truth. It can be hard to say, hey, I really appreciate you rocking my world with truth just now. They might have a real negative response to you. They might even call you names. That can't be enough to shut you up. You just have to plant that seed a little bit and just speak that truth a little bit. The more you do that, the more you get better at doing that. And you got to give yourself a lot of grace for when you maybe overstep or say the wrong thing and you just keep doing it. Alan, things going on in California that are still very troubling and I want to get to them just so people are aware. I read this, you sent it to me and I'm like, really? People are still getting arrested over face masks in California. Tell us what's going on. I'm with quite a few activists each week and I just kind of keep tabs on what everyone's doing. Not everyone. I, I try to keep tabs on things and try to be there in support of people. In December, for example, in not far from San Francisco, in a red county, in fact, some of your listeners might not realize that because I lived in San Francisco for a while without realizing this about the rest of California, you get about 10 miles inland and California looks like the heartland of America. Like it is, as long as you get away from the water, you are like deep red and they fly their flags still. They're, they're still flying wow. Trump flags like all over <laughs> California, like in their homes, from their trucks, from the highway overpass. It's an incredibly red state in a lot of ways. The population, it's the largest conservative population of the country of any state. It's the largest libertarian population of the country of any state. It's the largest uh, devout uh, religious population of any state in the country. And it's just important to keep in mind that it's not what the media wants to portray it as, as this place that you should give up on and this place that you should run away from when it's like this neat opportunity to like fight on the front line in this important time we're in. So these people three years ago, they wouldn't have even imagined doing things like this. There's a, a man walked into a UPS store in a red County tried to mail a package with no mask on. This was December, December, 2022, still going through the courts, tried to mail a package with no mask on. 
they said, you can't be in here with no mask. And yeah. he said, that stuff ended a million years ago or something like that. Yeah. And he records it all. And the, um, from the recording, the police officers, police ended up being called because the owner said, anyone comes in with no mask, you're calling the police immediately on them. And he said, well, I'd like to talk to the police too. Don't I have the right to be served? The police said, well, they don't want to serve you. And I agree with you politically about this thing. I think this is a bunch of nonsense, but if you don't leave, I'm going to have to arrest you for trespass. He said, well, I don't want that. I'll just go somewhere else. And he left. The police officer said, well, come on back. Come on back. Let's fill out a form about what happened here in case you ever want to bring this into court. He stood by the police officer. He starts filling out the form. And then he says, what's your name? Well, I don't want to say my name. I thought you're going to fill out a form for what happened here, all this stuff. I'd rather not fill it out. I'd rather not do all this if uh, we, we, I have to give all my personal information. The police officer said, well, you're under arrest now for obstruction of, I don't remember what it is, obstruction of something. If he would have just walked away when he knew it was time to go home, instead of saying, oh, let's go talk to this nice police officer on the curb for a few more minutes, that wouldn't have happened. Or on Colton, she ran for sheriff incorrectly. She got arrested in her driveway in March. I can go more on that, but there's there's a number of stories like these where the system is understanding that the activists are becoming more effective, and it used to be easy to ignore. Now it's not possible to ignore anymore. I don't want us getting arrested, but I also see that it, it's nice that we can't be ignored anymore. It certainly is, and I'm kind of looking around the country and, and thinking that we're having a return to federalism, which we never should have gotten away from, but as I see certain states like our neighboring state, we're in Virginia. We see what's going on in Tennessee. There's a lot of liberty movement going on there down in Florida, where uh, Governor DeSantis uh, yesterday, I think, said, hey, if you cede our authority and sovereignty to the World Health Organization, it's not going to be valid in Florida. And I'm thinking that it's going to be time on a state level for people who are like-minded to step up from there as well. That makes perfect sense. I totally agree with what you're saying. And this, you know, this federalism talk, I've got a class I have planned in June for there's a economist Murray Rothbard and he wrote this fantastic history of the uh, American Revolution and the guy was such a hardcore federalist states rights advocate that when Strom Thurmond ran for president in the uh, 50s this guy he was a Jewish guy in New York at Columbia University a heavily liberal place he started a group called Students for Strom Thurmond it became such an ugly thing that he did that. It came to haunt him that he did that. He really made a good a good case for why the state's right issue was important, that there had to be things decided as locally as possible. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not trying to defend Strom Thurmond or anyone else, but this return to government being as local as possible, as close to home as possible, it is taking place in California, I have no question. And my supposition is that it's taking place all over the country based on the people I'm speaking to. Republicans and Democrats alike are simply saying that we've gone too far in a weird direction and that this has to change. And it's important for the powers that be to keep us divided and to pretend that that the most common sense things are issues to be divisive over. I think that the more we communicate with each other, the more we get away from this divisiveness of Corona communism, the more we're going to see a tremendous agreement in the, the months, years ahead. You've also, Alan Sivo, got a new book out. I think it's available electronically on uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Would you tell us about it? Absolutely. 
I believe President Trump is the right candidate for, for 2024 for the Republicans. He's the right person to be in the White House. I just think that people who know who they want in the Republican Party already, whether they agree with me on the Trump issue or not, I think it's important for them to also be looking at the Democrat Party, to be saying, in any way I can, I want to support Robert Kennedy. I don't want Robert Kennedy to be president of the United States. I think President Trump would be a superior superior president. But I really want to see in the fall of 2024 that it's a Robert Kennedy debate versus a Donald Trump debate. I don't want to see all these other politicians push each other. They, Depending on what's, who they're running against, depending on who they have to outperform in public, they, they push each other. And Robert Kennedy is going to push Donald Trump in a really good way for the American people. A lot of these other candidates are going to push Trump in a real bad way. They're going to push him away from the American people towards the globalist argument, towards arguments of big corporation, towards the argument that just tripling down on what happened during, uh, during 2020 and beyond. Um, and that's not a Robert Kennedy type person who for 18 years basically has been deplatformed. He had a situation where he could be considered American aristocracy and could live a very comfortable life. For 18 years, he's been saying, we got to stop vaccinating the children with these poisons. And he's not, he's not saying all the vaccines are bad or anything like that, though that may be what I agree what I think that might be my perspective, but I'm, uh, that's not what this guy's saying. He's saying we need to be safety minded around these vaccines. All these arguments about the health mandates, he's been advocating against this stuff for 18 years. He was the perfect voice. He had, he had his deep platformed newsletters and wait, the channels of back channels of communication that he's been able to use for 18 years because he had to deal with all this censorship because of his work. A lot of regular people had a lot more ability to kind of protect themselves through 2020 and beyond. And I just want to hear him hold Trump's feet to the fire and push him in a good direction. We're going to end up with a better President Trump if we can have that. The book about this, it's a quick read. You'll read it in half an hour. It's called The Case for Robert Kennedy. And perhaps even by the time the listeners uh, hear the podcast that the print version will be up and running, but it's it's on Amazon and uh, you can get it for free on my website, realstevo.com slash case, case for Robert Kennedy, R-E-A-L-S-T-E-V-O.com slash case, C-A-S-E. You can get the PDF for free. If you do do that, please do leave me an Amazon review because those help. I hope people will take advantage of the opportunity and and also to read your other books. I tell you, when I read Face Masks in One Lesson, it just knocked me on the floor because it was so profound. I went beyond the first chapter. You said you could get this in one chapter, but I couldn't put the book down. And I know that you're that type of a writer. Alan Stevo, thank you so much for your work for Liberty. And thank you for the good news report from California and for joining us today on the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Rob, thank you so much. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time. Until next time.